America's fastest growing TV network, the new TNN. Why are you acting this way? You are powerful and amazing people. You don't need to live like this. There's earth right beneath your feet. The ground is an extension of who you are. If the Avatar had returned, would that mean anything to you? The Avatar is dead. If he was here, he would protect us. My name is Ong. And I'm the Avatar. fuck was that i said we were doing the last airbender the last dinosaur what the fuck was that woody you're fired yeah i'm on the air i don't care they can hear yeah you're out of here mister well fine you didn't deserve dental anyway fuck you woody hey everybody welcome to the new tnn podcast feed this is johnny c it's junk man and no don't worry we're not talking about Denver the Last Dinosaur. We're talking about something so much better. Today, we're going to be coming at you with The Last Airbender from uh, 2010, if I'm not mistaken. God, everybody loves this movie, right? Right? Uh, so on Junk Man, we watch some cinema and we uh, render a verdict. Is it uh, junk or is it not junk? probably think of a better name than not junk but uh that's what i'm sticking with so the last airbender of course based on the beloved avatar the last airbender not to be from nickelodeon not to be confused with avatar avatar the way of water or avatar but we'll get there so a lot of people feel very strongly about this movie i'm not one of them and we'll cover that in just a moment. But first, as we always do here on Junkman, let's uh, talk about who we should hold responsible for this potential dumpster firebender. Okay? Uh, the Last Airbender from 2010, directed by legendary filmmaker M. Night Shyamalan, who admittedly is on a bit of a comeback, uh, directed The Sixth Sense, Unbreakable, Signs, 
The Village, Lady in the Water, Glass, uh, that movie where the kids get put in the oven that's like a found footage movie. Uh, he also directed that movie with uh, Rosie O'Donnell. Uh, the upcoming Cabin Knock in the Woods. I forget what it's called, but actually that trailer looks pretty decent. And uh, I like that Dave is in it. Can we just pause for a second? I'm Yes, it's my show, so I'm hitting pause. First of all, that trailer looks very interesting. The Knock, on the, knock, knock at the Cabin with Dave Bautista. No spoilers here for Glass Onion, A Knives Out Mystery. Don't worry. But seeing Dave in that movie just really reminds me how awesome Batista really is as an actor. Uh, he's great in that film. Don't worry. Like I said, I'm not going to spoil anything. You should check it out. Both Knives Out films are fun. Um, but Blade, Blade Runner 2049 as well. Dave just rules, man. He is so wasted as Drax. I mean, he does Drax great. Don't get me wrong. But also in that movie, you got Jonathan Goff from, uh, well, you know, he was in Hamilton, the play and what have you. He's also in, um, I'm trying to think of like, was he on Glee? I don't know if I want to fucking put Glee on my resume either. But most importantly, he plays Agent Smith 2.0 in The Matrix Resurrections. Am I the only person that loves The Matrix Resurrections? Seriously, I just rewatched. I gotta love that fucking movie. It's so good. It's so smart. It's such a fucking... It's the most expensive fuck you in history, and I love it. And I'm not saying fuck you to viewers or fans or things like that. Fuck you to studios. God, I would much rather be talking about The Matrix Resurrection than The Last Airbender. Maybe we'll table that for another time. Well, what even got me off on this? Oh, yeah, and knock on the woods. Or knock. I'm going to get the movie right, the name right. Uh, starring Noah Ringer as Aang. I'm sorry, what? I'm sorry, Noah Ringer as Ong. We're going to go with Ong. All right, fine. Dev Patel as not Rufio, Prince Zuko. Nicola Peltz makes her return to Junkman. Is this the first return we've had from Transformers? I was in Revenge of the Fallen. Which one is it? Age of Extinction? When she plays the girl with short shorts? Hey, bro, that's my daughter. I'm Kate Yeager. And just because I got rehired at NXT by Triple H, bro, doesn't mean that you could talk about my daughter in some movie she was in. Mark. She's not your real daughter. She's not? No. That mean I can fuck a bro? All right, moving on. Jackson Rathbone from the Twilight series as Soka. Is that Ahsoka? She's... Fuck. Much rather be watching Star Wars. And you know what? Speaking of Knives Out and Glass Onion, Star Wars Episode Eight: The Last Jedi is so fucking good. And you know what? You know what makes Star Wars Episode Eight: The Last Jedi so much better? Like, it's great as a movie, but you know why, why it gets really top tier to push to the upper echelon? Because you hate it so much. That's why. Every time somebody says something bad about Star Wars Episode Eight: The Last Jedi, I just get a little bit happier and a little bit happier. Because it's awesome, and yeah, you're hating it for the wrong reasons, and you're stupid. You're stupid. Now, Star Wars Episode Nine really sucks, but it's another story. And finally, Ryan, rounding out the cast, Randall Duck Kim as Old Man in Temple. Yes, it's true. That's what he's credited at. So why did he get added to this list? Because he's the keymaker from The Matrix. R- uh, reloaded. That's, that's the one it is. A lot of R's in that Matrix franchise. A brief plot synopsis. The four nations of air, water, earth, and fire lived in harmony until the Fire Nation declared 
War! A century later, there's still no end in sight to the destruction. Then, an avatar named Ong discovers that he has the power to control the four elements. He joins forces with Katara, not to be confused with Kitana, Malina, Jade, Smoke, Sub-Zero, Reptile, Jax, Rain, Shang Tsung, Goro, Kung Lao, Mutaro, Kano, Cabal, Scorpion, Liu Kang, Shiva, Striker. Well, I, I, I said to myself in my head, I'll keep doing this until I, a second passes and I can't pull one out of my ass. And that's how far I got, so yay me. He joins forces with Katara, a waterbender, and her brother, Soka, to restore balance and harmony to their world. Now, folks, just a brief editor's note from Johnny C., who is I... I have seen Avatar The Last Airbender, the animated television program. I've seen, like, the first five episodes, okay? I have seen this movie before, but I don't remember a goddamn thing about it except it's not well-loved. I never really got far in Avatar The Last Airbender to become engrossed in the world-building aspects of it, okay? I only got the real brief skinny. I understand the concepts in play, so in order to help us visualize the concepts, though, for anyone who may not be initiated, though we are initiated, Bruce, members of the League of Shadows, can I do one show where I don't say, we are initiated, Bruce, members of the League of Shadows? So, in order to help us visualize all these concepts, a brief word from Wikipedia. Avatar The Last Airbender is set in a world where human civilization consists of four nations, named after the the four classical elements, the Water Tribes, the Earth Kingdom, the Fire Nation, and the Air Nomads. In each nation, certain people known as benders, (laughs) you know, like, he's a bender, he is? That's not funny. Um... Known as benders, waterbenders, earthbenders, firebenders, and airbenders, have the ability to, to telekinetically manipulate and control the element corresponding to their nation using gestures based on Chinese martial arts. The avatar is the only individual with the ability to bend all four elements. The avatar is an international avatar whose duty is to maintain harmony among the four nations and act as a mediator between the humans and the spirits. When the avatar dies, their spirit is reincarnated in a new body who will be born to parents in the next nation in a set order known as the Avatar Cycle. Fire, air, water, and earth. By tradition, the new Avatar will travel the world to learn all four bending arts, after which they will begin and earnest their role as a global peacekeeper. The Avatar can enter a condition known as the Avatar State in which they temporarily gain the skills and knowledge of all their past incarnations. Although, this is when they are at their most powerful. If the Avatar were ever killed while in their Avatar state, the reincarnation cycle would be broken and the Avatar would cease to exist. So the Avatar state's basically like doing a bunch of coke before you're supposed to make an important speech. It could go really well, or, you know, you're on CNN for all the wrong reasons. Now, why read a passage from Wikipedia to a listening audience who probably turned it off? Well, because this little paragraph summarizes... This world that we're about to spend an hour and 40 minutes in so much better than this $200 million film. And and, and plus, now I can just say things like, so they're in the Southern Water Tribe, and you, you, you at least have a frame of reference to what I'm talking about. Because I like these shows to be something that can be enjoyed by someone that hasn't seen the film or knows nothing about it, you know? Like when we talked about Morbius. 
Actually, let's not talk about Morbius. Uh, so yeah, but this this editor's notes over. But this type of a world sounds right up my alley. I mean, it's just Final Fantasy, in a lot of ways. Seriously, think about it. As I'm watching this film, I got a lot decent amount of Final Fantasy vibes. I'll try to mention it when necessary. Okay. All that being said, let us finally dive headlong into the world of the Avatar. Well, it's a Paramount Pictures joint, and they've got a customized logo, Shades of Transformers. Uh, And then we get our classic intro. Now, I know the Avatar TV show. You know what? I'm not going to... You know what? I'm just going to preface here. If I am, if I ever say Avatar, I'm probably talking about the cartoon. If I say Avatar, I'm talking about the movie. But I know the, that Avatar starts with, uh, you know, the four, you know, a representative of each nation in silhouette doing their bending, like during the opening credits, like, from days of long ago, from uncharted regions of the universe, there came a legend. The legend of Voltron, defender of the universe. A mighty hero, loved by good, feared by evil. As Voltron's legends grew, peace scattered throughout the universe. On planet Earth, a galaxy alliance was formed to maintain peace throughout the universe. Until a new horrible menace threatened the galaxy. Voltron was needed once more. This is a story of the super force of space explorers specially trained and entrusted by the Alliance with the secret to bring back Voltron, Defenders of the Universe. Voltron, Defenders of the Universe. Yes, that was from memory. Fuck you. My point being that I can imagine a lot of people sitting there in the theater being like, oh man, this is it. They're really doing it. We're really going to see it. It's really going to happen. Uh, we're about to watch the last Airbender movie and they, they did it justice. They did exactly what we wanted to do. But then... A fucking scroll appears on the screen. It's uh, Katara. She's reading the same shit that I basically read to you earlier from Wikipedia. But and I'm and I'm not saying that I'm should be an actor, but I am gonna go on record saying that my performance of reading the material is better than her performance. I mean, this poor girl. It's, I mean, every no one in this movie is is uh gets a reprieve when it comes to acting. But holy shit, this poor girl really sucks. <sighs> we uh we open on the Southern Water Tribe, just like how the cartoon does. Katara and Soka. Uh, they're out doing shit that Water Tribe folk do. Katara's bending some water. I mean, yeah, that's what she's doing. She's making a, a like a sphere or a, a bubble, sort of a non-violent Hadouken, if you will. She spills it on Soka. I mean, this fucking guy. This dude is in the Twilight movies, and I'm pretty sure there's like a seed of him, like. There's, oh, I don't know. I, I have this vision in my head of him freaking out because there's blood around and him being like, oh, I want blood. I want blood. I want blood. I want blood. I want blood so bad. Oh. The first movie I could usually watch and have a good time with are those Twilight movies, but man, it's really hard to go back. Like, like even for entertainment, but like to mock it. Like, it's such an investment of time and effort. But this dude, and, and you know what? These. These two actors don't really look like 
they're from this part of the world. I know it's a fictional world and all that shit, but it just... I'm not picking up what they're putting down, if you will. Uh, they're they're not orphans, but their dad's at war and mom's dead. And Katara continues to narrate a lot of this picture. And, and just to sort of give you an idea of what we're dealing with here, I, I, I got a little bit of her dialogue, and I'm going to be... Um, performing it in my time of war food is scarce my brother and i often go hunting for food but my but my brother isn't the best hunter now it's this particular sentence that while yes acted very poorly illustrates just the awful fucking screenplay of this film it is a disaster on the page and and here's the proof, all right? Let's say you get the best fucking actress, actor, uh, person of theater in the world to read this line. In this time of war, food is scarce. My brother and I often go hunting for food. Like, we know you're going hunting for food. That's what hunting means. And you just said food. Food is scarce. And, and, and we go hunting a lot. Well, we can connect the dots. Oh, God. And I don't even care. Like, I don't even care about this movie. I have, like, no affinity for it. This is like I'm watching Star Wars or some shit. It's just so brazenly bad. It doesn't make sense that it even got this far. These kidsters break open a glacier. Uh, Soka's got... Or they find something in a glacier. Soka's got this sweet fucking boomerang. It's like putting Captain Boomerang to shame. Even Captain Boomerang's like, I might! I see your boomerang is pretty sweet. I don't know. But I, but I definitely feel like we're building a little bit of a Final Fantasy or an RPG party. Kasoka is clearly like a physical warrior. And Katara is a mage because she can bend the water. So I, I'm comfortable with this type of shit. But they're just... They're, mm, they keep their mouths shut, maybe. Maybe maybe this film was completely in subtitles with like... Ooh, ooh, I got it, I got it. No one in this world can speak. They all use telepathy. We might have a picture here. All right? It's possible. Very, very possible. Um, They bust open this shit they find in the glacier. It's like a big chunk of ice and some air shoots out. It's like... It blows these kids back like the fucking... uh, Oh, God, it's scary movie with the dudes fucking... Not Nev Campbell and... You know, he's a virgin or some shit. He, like, blows her up against the wall when he orgasms. Ah, yeah, that's what this fucking Nickelodeon movie reminds me of. It just they're just boom, they're just blasted with this air jizz. They go flying, it's you know, whatever. But then, from this ice jizz glacier, a a beam of energy bursts into the sky like the ending of every Marvel film you've ever seen. We cut to a boat out in the waters around this uh, palatial ice world, and we see Dev Patel. All right, from uh, Who Wants to Be a Millionaire? I've never seen the movie, The Slumdog Millionaire. I've never seen it. Hate me. So all, so that wonderful sketch in The Office goes completely over my head, I'll tell you. But you know what? Holly and Michael... Oh, you know what? I don't want to talk about The Office. I feel like talking about The Office is grounds for get over it at this point. But I did watch a lot of that show. I really, really did. Um... So, anywho, this this guy, Dev Patel, who's, you know, Zuko, uh, the prince of the Fire Nation. We all learn all this later. But he says, Uncle, look, directing Uncle, who's not in the frame or even something that we would understand anything of at this moment, to look at the Marvel fucking 
energy beam. Now, Mr. Patel's jaw doesn't move. He's not actually speaking. This is just ADR, okay? Now, ADR happens all the time. But what about this shot, okay? Do we need to have interpreted for us? It's enough for the audience to get that this person on a boat, who you and I know as Zuko, is looking at what's shooting out of the sky. He doesn't have to tell somebody else to look at it. It's implied all of the boat would be looking at it if it was within the visible spectrum. Uncle, look! Okay, maybe you want to get over the point that he has an uncle. But don't add ADR to this shot. It's completely unnecessary. It's like a four-second shot. It just makes you look like an amateur. Um, In this ice jizz cube... No, it's not jizz. It's just ice. Was a boy and his giant beast. Katara asks, What's your name? How did you get here? How did you get in the ice? Again... Your third question is the same as the second, because the ice is here where we are. <sighs> He's like, I don't know. I remember nothing. <sighs> He's exhausted. That's her conclusion, okay? Her conclusion. Oh, no, it's not that he says nothing. I'm I, sorry. This is even worse, okay? After she asks the three questions, she waits about one second for an answer, and this boy says nothing, okay? And she looks at her brother, and she goes, he's exhausted. Like, and it's it's not, oh, it's just so bad. I just, I can't even put it into words. Soka, though, reveals that he's too busy getting whipped by this giant beast tail. Uh, he's just letting us know that from now on, since Aang is here, uh, Soka has been relegated to Comic relief. Well, Soka, you had about three minutes of a picture all to yourself as the lead. I'm sorry. Now you'll just be making us laugh. We smash cut to the village. All right? And Aang is already... Uh, like, normally in a movie... I can't believe... I, I, this podcast is not going to be about me trying to fix this movie. I'm just a guy, okay? But they take him to the village, and we smash cut to him awake in the tent, like, getting dressed, like, oh, I'm, I'm great now. Where's the moment where, like, they bring him to the village and there's some sort of a reaction? Because as it stands now, you know, and throw all your your animated series knowledge out the window if you have any. Just look at this from the form of a picture and see what a failure this is. Now, I'm not saying, yeah, it might sound like a bit of a cliche, but such an important part of this film is how these teen characters that find the Avatar uh, you know, relate to him and his relationship with the greater world. So why not put an ear in our worms that anybody else in the village cares that this random kid was found in a block of fucking ice? Which isn't something that happens every day, I'm sure, even in this world. But no, kid's just up. And he looks like one of the goddamn boondock saints because his body's covered in tats, alright? Wow. Let's add, okay. Famously on any TNN show, alright, I have occasionally given warnings to kidsters out there of people that you don't want to idolize accidentally, all right? Tyler Durden is one of them. Rorschach is also on the list. Uh, Alex from A Clockwork Gorge I've never talked about, but he's definitely on there. Kidsters, you don't want to grow up thinking the Boondock Saints are cool, okay? Because they're not. Hopefully, the world has moved past Boondock Saints, okay? But holy shit, don't even bother. How'd you get all the way out here? I ran from home. Oh, God, this kid. This egg. 
Uh, you know, I because I knew I was going to talk so much shit about his performance, I looked the guy up. He's like almost 30 now. So, yes, you are an you are a target for a Johnny C. It is legal, okay? Holy shit, this kid is awful. And this kid is being asked to carry a like $150 million blockbuster. Things ain't going to go well because he says, I ran away from home. He's got this big fucking shit-eating grin on his face. I know that. I know the Aang character is oblivious, and he's just a child. Okay, I get it. But this kid has no presence that says anything but complete fucking doof. Okay, I don't know how else to put it. There's no nice way to say it, okay? Even in the moments where he's supposed to, like, really... He just looks like a fucking idiot. He's got this look on his face. I can't do it. I'm sorry. This kid's awful. But a storm forced me underwater. Oh, I see. And the guitar is no better. And the screenplay is awful. And I get it. If the screenplay is bad, what are you supposed to really do? Okay? And, and Shyamalan's not... I, I don't know if he's good with actors. I don't... I think writing is usually... I don't want to say it's just a twist. God, his movies just don't have a lot of style and substance to them, in my opinion, though. I don't like Unbreakable, really. Um... I guess, ironically, surprisingly, I, I may I might like the village more than I'm breaking. I like signs, uh, but that's because I was de- I grew up deathly afraid of like aliens, and so when I saw it, it tapped into something primal. Um, it, 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 I get it; it's not a great movie, but you know it's fine. I guess. Where was I? What was I talking about? Oh, but the okay. So the boat finally arrives. It's the Fire Nation, and I get a nice. Final Fantasy VI Magitek Empire vibe from them. If that resonates with anybody, that's what I'm feeling. Because the Fire Nation, because they've mastered fire, they have the steam, they have the steampunk, they've got the goggles. Oh my god, is the is the Irish loss kicker Becky Lynch a firebender? Oh, I found out I'm here to firebend! I gotta go to WrestleMania and fight Ronda Rousey, but afterwards, let's bend some fire! Whoa! Anywho, uh, Prince Zuko, okay, he wants the elders of the village. Bring me your elders! All right, this, if Dev Patel's a good actor, that's fine. He's not in this, and he's absolutely not fucking Rufio! Because the dude from Rufio is, the dude from, the dude that plays Rufio is Prince Zuko. Uh, you know, I, whenever I was watching that show, I have to expect him to, you know, corner the airbender and be like, you can't fight, you can't fly, you can't crow. You know, because, you know, I grew up watching Hook, even though it's a Spielberg movie. What are you going to do? All right. Now, as I, the elders get gathered up on a Fire Nation, thank God we do some folks that look like they might be uh, Inuit, okay? Because, again, like... The main characters we've been focusing on are, are completely whitewashed, all right? It's just... Ugh. Um, a random guard goes into, like, the kid hut. He's like, there ain't no elders here. Hey, wait a minute. You look kind of weird. Get over here. And they see the tattoos on Ong. They take him to Zuko. Zuko goes, who are you? What's your name? Again, you gave him one second to answer, and it's the same question? I don't know. Uh, if you, he, you know, he threatens if you don't come with me, I'm gonna burn down the entire village. And again, Ong, just like I know, we all know that, but there's no, 
there's no beat taken for the audience to even think that there might be some suspense to feel. And that's the problem with these kid with the with Ong's performance entirely is that he doesn't feel natural at all or flip side of that, maybe it is natural to answer someone instantly when you know what you want to do. Then to act unnatural and realize you're in a film and let it breathe so the audience can interpret what it is you're uh, the person you're acting against actually just said and maybe thematically let us try to experience a little bit of suspense and that's where the director comes in this guy's just kid's like fucking 10 years old if he's if he's not 10 then fucking uh puberty has not hit him yet and that's fine puberty hits whatever you know i'm trying to puberty shame ong the last airbender uh so Og's like, okay, I'll go with you. And here's the thing. Even Zuko looks surprised. Like, really? Was that easy? Holy shit. This kid's a fucking mark. Uh, yeah. It's just bad. Katara wants to go to the rescue. But how? Well, that bison creature thing floats. That bison creature thing. How about just bison cre... I quit. I quit. I'm not a writer of film and television. On the Fire Nation boat, Aang is taken by Prince Zuko to meet the uncle that Zuko mentioned when he was on the boat and was like, hey, uncle, look at that. It's Uncle Iro. Now, this gentleman is played by Sean Tobe, or Tube, and I apologize if it's mispronunciation. I like this guy. This is the gentleman that played Jensen in Iron Man, and then again briefly in Iron Man 3, the gentleman who encourages Tony Stark to live for something and helps him build the Mark I armor. Sort of a thankless role in the MCU, but absolutely one that brings it and is memorable for all the right reasons. Tragic, important, and I will admit, I kind of like Uncle Iro here. I like Unc- I like this character. I like the setup here because Zuko, long story short, has been banished from the Fire Kingdom and his he's been because he lost his honor and he's forced to find the Avatar. His dad's basically given him a mission that he thinks is fruitless to banish him from the Fire Nation. Like, sure, I'll tell you what, uh, go find the Avatar and uh, you know I'll let you back in the family. Uh, thinking that he'll never do it. But Uncle Iro is not really a douche like the rest of the Fire Nation. He's sort of a... He seems like kind of a purist because... Well, actually, pause. We'll get there. But Uncle Iro is sort of good cop to Zuko's bad cop. He's like, hello, young man. So what we're going to do is I'm going to give you a little test, if that's okay with you. And I'll tell you what. As soon as the test is over, you're free to go. Which sounds vile and evil, but he's telling the truth. And the test is really nice. It won't take long, and it won't hurt. So he, he pulls out a little note card, and he's like, you're wa- you're in a desert, walking along in the sand, when all of a sudden you look down and you see a tortoise crawling toward you. You reach down, you flip the tortoise over on its back, the tortoise lays on its back, its belly baking in the hot sun, beating its leg, trying to turn itself over. But it can't. Not with your help. But you're not helping. Why is that? And Aang's like, but why wouldn't I help the turtle? What? I, I don't see any turtles around here. Where's the turtle? We got to help the turtle. Uh, uh, well, why wouldn't I help the turtle? And Uncle Iro's like, you know, actually, this kid might be a fucking robot because he's a fucking moron. All right. But at, but right before the test happens, we cut to the back to the water tribe and grandma, uh, the grandma of Soka and Katara, who is pale like the white snow. Okay. Absolutely a whitewashed character. She does what I've already done. She explains the world 
and the war to her kids, even though they already know it. She's just like, oh, all right, grandkids and audience, settle down. It's time to learn. But then she claims that uh, she always knew that since Katara is the first waterbender that the Southern Water Tribe has had in generations, that her destiny, that she's destined for great things, and they both need to go rescue that boy. All right, fine, we'll go rescue that boy. Now we get to the test. Uncle Iro puts a lit candle in front of Aang. The fire on the wick rises in attention and sort of forms a fire boner. Like, oh, shit, this is the kid I've been looking for. How much do you want for him? And they pull the candle away like, Jesus, candle, calm down. They pour some water in front of him, and the water forms into a perfect puddle like kind of the T-1000 about to reform, sort of at the command of Ong or Ang, like, hey, you want some water? You thirsty? I'm here for you, buddy. Then they put a stone in front of him, and the stone stands up vertically at attention, again, like a rock-hard boner. Zuko's like, hello, airbender, I found you. You are the Avatar. Uh, he's like, you're my prisoner now. I will take you to the Fire Nation. Aang's like, but Uncle Iro, you said I could go free. And Uncle Iro, sort of mimicking Christoph Waltz on accent, he's like, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm really sorry. Like, you could have, like, every single person I've given this test for the last 20 years has failed. But holy shit, man, you passed the test. Hey, you know what? It's an honor to meet you, dude. So Uncle Iro is kind of like a believer. Like, he's... You know, it seems like he is, sort of follows the old traditions as opposed to the rest of the Fire Nation who wants to break... You know, they think the cycle of the Avatar is broken because, spoiler alert, they killed all the airbenders. So the... You know... Because the cycle of the Avatar rebirth. You know what I mean? Like, it's the Air Tribe's turn. So if you kill all the Air Tribe, you know, they can't get down to fucking and, and giving birth to any Avatars. Um, so it, it, there is sort of, it, it's funny. He's like, everybody failed, man. You're the first person to pass. You're like the only person in the world that could, man. What are the odds? I wasn't trying to lie to you. Aang realizes that he can't allow this to happen. But he's so lazy. He escapes by pushing himself backwards. The special effect is awesome, or awful. Excuse me. He like He's like, saw, saw, saw. He does some Power Ranger hand motions, and he airbends himself out of the room. It's just lazy, though. Just run, dude fucking taking airbending shortcuts he does uh fight some dudes in the hallway he runs the wall like he's neo in the matrix i mean normally this stuff hits fine with me and i will admit like the bending works for me you know what i mean like as a concept as a way to do battle like we've seen so much in movies you know it, matrix fighting the way that superheroes fight the way that like superman fights uh, even Morbius from our last episode of Junk Man, like it was dumb, but, but you know, for better or worse, Milo and Otis, or excuse me, Milo and Morbius had a specific fighting style. It was stupid, but you know, so I'm I'm behind airbending. I really am. Ang gets to the the deck of the boat. He's got this bow staff with him that I haven't mentioned. Sorry. Uh, but he's still not nearly as cool as Corey Feldman's Donatello. I'll have that be known. And he, he has got a kite in this thing, and he just fucking forms the kite and jumps off like, Kite Man! Hell yeah! This dude wishes, man. Kite Man fucking rules. A lesser-known Batman rogue, Kite Man. Uh, made a very cool character in Tom King's War of Jokes and Riddles, which I will recommend to you. But Ong's just flying around like, Airbender! Hell yeah! 
And Katara and Soka show up on the bison. Now, it's nice that the bison just obeyed them, okay? Because I got the feels like this creature isn't going to just listen to anybody. And I'm not suggesting that I want a scene of them, like, jumping onto his back, being like, Fly! Go! Shazam! Trying to get him to fly. And then, you know, when they say Shazam... But the bison stands up and he's like, Whoa! And then he just spins in a circle and sits back down and they spike the camera like, it's a living. I don't want that. I'm just surprised they didn't do that. But uh, it's time to fly back to the airbender's world because Ong is ready to sort of accept his destiny as the avatar. Like Jake Sully. I don't know if you know Jake Sully. He's an avatar too. I'm not sure what bender he is. I guess he's a fucking tree bender. It's not very funny, but I'm leaving it in. Um... And yes, I should mention here as we're off to the airbending temple, I promised myself I wouldn't, but I'm doing it anyway. Airbending does indeed sound like a euphemism for a hard, chilly fart. What, that wasn't any good? How about... Yeah, alright, I'll take it, I'll take it, I'll take it! Oh, alright, no more chilly fart jokes. So we hop on Appa, uh, that's the bison's name, we're not hopping on Pop here, God help us know, and we go to the air temple, and Ong is all giddy like a schoolgirl hopping around, he's like, oh jeez, I can't wait to get back, they're going to be so surprised that I came back to the air kingdom right now, I can't wait to see all my friends, snakes, Bonnie Bob, little Mo with the gimpy leg, and Cliff! <laughs> I especially can't wait to see my friend Monkeyatso. Katara, though, stops him from frolicking to ask him his name. She doesn't know his name? Okay. I realized when, he came, when they brought him back to the water village, he was unconscious, okay? But they had all the time in the water village before the Fire Nation came. And let's pretend that she didn't have time, okay? Let's pretend that all happened really quickly. Next thing you know, he's kidnapped. They had the entire flight to chat. Have you ever been on a plane and a person sits next to you and it's like, great, they say something like, huh, you know, they make small talk. Oh, gosh, it's cold up here. Ha, 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 where are you heading? St. Louis, just like you, asshole. And then, you know, it's like, huh, well, my name's Richie Bob. I'm in insurance. What are you up to? And you're like, you have to egregiously be like, well, my name's Johnny C. Nice to be. I mean, and those are people you don't want to be around, okay? She's actively, like, obsessed with this kid, and she hasn't even asked him his name. The monks named me Ung. And this is where the, and this is the controversy, okay? I've said it both. I guess in Avatar, the last airbender, his name is Ung. Like, A-A-N-G is how you spell it, but... Everybody in this movie, or most people in this movie, seem to say Ung, like U-N-G. I I don't know what you want from me. Then Katara's like, wait a minute, your friends are monks? It's like, dude, Katara, you're taking him, you're going to the Air Nomad Temple, okay? You know you're going to the Air Temple. You know that a hundred years ago the Fire Nation killed all the airbenders, not to mention that Ung just said his best friend and father was named Monk Gyatso. His first name ain't Monk, like Tony Shaloub, okay? He, that's his title, or his D 
de- his fucking de- deatitic station. Yeah, that's a made-up word, so what? So, you already knew his friends were monks, and you knew that they were already, that you knew that he was walking not into a trap, as Admiral Akbar would say, but walking into a Terminator 2, Terminator 1, Terminator 3, Terminator Salvation, Terminator Genesis, Terminator Dark Fate-esque, uh, Skull, uh, fucking field, okay? Because they do come upon a, a Skull field, it's a field of skeletons and shit like that. You knew this was gonna happen. God damn it. But but before before they find the skulls, they do come across what's known as a lemur bat. Uh, A.K.A. an excuse to have an animated sidekick that looks really stupid. You know, we've got Appa the bison, and now we've got Momo, which is this lemur bat's name. So we've got the droids. You know, we've got our BB-8s, our DOs. Oh, God, fuck D.O. C-3PO, R2-D2. What's up with Babu Freak? Or Babu Frick? People love Babu Frick from Star Wars Episode Nine: The Rise of Skywalker. But you know what? Not me. I don't like Babu Freak one goddamn bit. I do like Carrie Russell in that fucking skin-tight bounty hunter suit, though. And you know what? I'm saying it. That mask kind of turns me on. I can't remember her name. Star Wars Episode Nine is 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 the Star Wars I've a- absolutely watched the least, and it's not because it's the most recent. So they do come across a Terminator-esque boneyard. The Fire Nation 100 years ago killed all the Air Nomads to break the cycle. So we figure out that Ung was indeed frozen for 100 years. Well, he must have just done some coke because he freaks out and enters Avatar mode. The big arrow tattoo on his forehead lights up to symbolize this is happening. We talked about Avatar mode briefly, hence my cocaine joke again. What I love about the arrow tattoo on Ung's forehead is that the arrow points directly down to Ung. So, if you were Froggy, you could constantly walk behind Ung with a sign that says, like, Asshole! Dickless! I'm with Stupid! Worse than Jake Lloyd, perhaps! And you don't have to take the time to draw the little arrow, because it's permanently a part of his forehead. So, you know, it is what it is. Uh, but he goes to the the, the spirit world. Because remember, the Avatar communicates with the spirits to guide the destinies of all mankind. And he sees a dragon, as one's to do when you get the good shit. The dragon's like, bro, where you been? But Ung doesn't even have time to make a wish. And that's fair, because he hasn't gathered all the dragon balls. So he shouldn't get a wish. Katara the whole time is yelling, Ung! You can't bring them back, but Sokka and I can be with you as long as you need. It's not funny or anything, it's just a bad line. Out in the ocean, a big Fire Nation ship finds Zuko's tiny Fire Nation ship. And the dude who finds him is like, Ah, the banished prince. Let's offer him some lunch. I dare you. This is General Zhao, I guess. They do have a ceremonial lunch, and Zhao gives a nice speech thanking Uncle Iro, who is also a general for his service. He's like, yes, it's the great Uncle Iro, and oh, look who he's hanging out with, that little bitch Prince Zuko. You guys all remember Prince Zuko? His daddy banished him from the Fire Nation. He's got no honor. And and th- I actually kind of like this. Prince Zuko, because he's banished, is technically an enemy of the Fire Nation, so I guess they could kill him and not get in trouble. But here's the kicker. He's not allowed to wear the Fire Nation uniform, and he is. And a great diss here by the newly introduced uh, Zhao. 
almost forgot his name. He's like, but you know what? It's okay. We'll let him wear the outfit for the rest of the ceremonial lunch. You know, like a kid that's played dress up. Zuko loses his shit. He's like, someday you will bow to me, dick. And he bails. He returns to his ship and he puts on some civilian clothes and to, you know, get some of the fucking steam out of it, instead of going and jerking off, he firebends the shit out of some noobs that are on the ship. And again, the bending is pretty cool. He, like, slams a burning rock into this dude's face. I don't know, it's kind of funny. But then our heroes, if that's what we have to call them, arrive in the southern Earth Kingdom. Again... They start to have a conversation they probably should have had before they took off from the Air Nomad Temple. So, Ung, are you the Avatar? No time, though, because a boy comes running towards the camera. It's shades of Robin Hood Prince and Tights. I thought for sure this kid was going to spike the camera, scream, and then be like, Oh, i got to go home alone now. <laughs> God. This kid's getting arrested for earthbending because there's Fire Nation. Like, they've occupied other nations a la Nazi Germany. Not say that. I mean, obviously that's awful. I'm just using it as a comparison point to the real world. Uh, he's not going anywhere, Katara screams. And then she opens up her little satchel and pours out some water for her dead homies. But she's going to waterbend it. She does all the necessary hand motions. And then she propels the water forward. But uh-oh, she fucked it up and she accidentally froze her little brother or big brother. Soka. So they all get arrested and go to jail. Soka lets us know that's the Fire Nation's plans. Suppress all other bending. So in this prison, everybody's an earthbender. Because if you bend, you go to jail. And if you don't bend, you get your freedom. Ung then gives that rousing speech we all heard up top before Dead for the Last Dinosaur. There is Earth! Right beneath your feet, the ground is an extension of who you are. And the ground's very muddy and gross, so is this an insult or is he trying to get them all pumped up? He confesses, I am the Avatar. Uh, Katara rushes towards a dude and pushes him. And then, it's a bend-off! Fire versus water, earth, and air. And you know what, guys? It's fine. I don't want to be culturally insensitive. Which, it makes it sound like I'm going to say something awful. But hear me out. Like, I appreciate that the bending has its sort of uh, gains. What am I trying to say here? It's inspired by true martial arts movements and stuff like that. And that's totally cool. But at one point, a group of earthbenders dance around like it's goddamn West Side Story. And all they do is push a tiny rock towards a guy. It's way too much effort for that amount of results, okay? I do like that the earthbenders, when, you know, firebenders throw fire at them, they sort of create, like, an earth shield using the ground. It's cool. It's like earth and airbending seem to be defensive-based from what what I've seen so far in water, and fire seem to be offensive-based because, you know, the water freezes you, um, and, you know, it rushes towards you and shit like that and attacks you. The fire does as well. The earth seems to be very defensive. And Ung pretty much just uses the airbending to push people back. So, I mean, it can be offensive. But to me, offense indicates that your opponent becomes permanently or somewhat incapacitated. And pushing them backwards doesn't incapacitate them permanently. But burning their face off would incapacitate them somewhat permanently. So, yeah, that's kind of what I've gotten from all this thing. This revolution, though, 
I gotta be honest with you, it's supposed to be like the first big action movement of bending and what have you, but it's very poorly directed and the scale is just too small to give you any sense of wonder, which I think is what they're going for. But now that the Fire Nation is gone from this village, aka the Nazis are gone, we can reopen the library, and we do, and we get all our bending scrolls, and we start passing around the village so we can become more powerful benders. They even have a water scroll for, Kat- for Katara. She unrolls this thing and looks at it like she just pulled a Shaquille O'Neal rookie card. This is rare! My mom told me about these! Avatar Kyoshi loved games. Look at the statue. You know, two lifetimes ago, the Avatar was an earthbender. Yes, I like games too. I mean, I still like games. Ha ha ha, because I'm the Avatar, remember? Um, then we get some truly, truly awful dialogue. Big surprise, I know. Uh, Soka's like, the, the firebenders, they prey on the weakest towns and villages. Ung, though, has a confession. I never learned to be the Avatar. I can't bend earth, fire, or water. I had no... They told me I couldn't have a family, so I ran away before they could make me the Avatar. Why can't they have a family? I don't know. I asked that, but they were like, I don't know. Soka says, and I quote, What if we found teachers? Teachers to teach you bending. What if we found teachers? Teachers to teach you bending. I guess that could work. He already knows air. The cycle dictates he must first learn water, then earth, then fire. Well, there are powerful waterbenders in the northern water kingdom. It's led by a princess because her father died. There are teachers there for sure. We could get there on Appa. That's what I was thinking. And maybe we can stop in the villages along the ways. Start a change and then these small villages will revolt. Should we try it? Yes, we should. And our heroes have pretty much laid out the rest of our movie's plot. This revolution, though, ladies and gentlemen, will not be televised because it's via montage. The the crux of this montage, okay, it starts off with what you assume the entire montage is going to be about, but it quickly takes a turn. Now that the idea is to visit different cities within the kingdom to initiate revolution, we see that from the get-go. Ung is walking through a town that looks absolutely deserted, okay? And he's doing his bending movements. There is one soldier maybe 50 feet away from him. He he bends the air. This guy falls to the ground, and Ung keeps walking forward. Then we cut to waterbending training. Now, that's it! That's the revolution, Okay? And what's with Ong doing this shit from a distance? I just... I get it. It just... And why is this trooper allowing him the distance as well? Like, if you're in the middle of a battle, and your opponent starts... I don't know, if they have to do like a 30-step dance before they can hit you with their finish, you've got time! Close the distance! The water scroll is great for Katara, but Ung is having problems. He just can't get the water to bend. And Soka is worried that we're being followed by someone because there's some Fire Nation smoke in the distance. I will say, 
it's at this exact moment that I realized why I don't like the dude that plays Soka. He reminds me of Barry Pepper from Battlefield Earth. Like, not so much Barry Pepper and anything else, because I can't think of him in anything else, but specifically his performance at Battlefield Earth. We cut to the Fire Nation. First time we're seeing the Fire Nation. And you know what? It does not look visually distinct at all from a distance. We see like a castle in the center of the frame, but around it there's like empty fields. Now I get it. They probably burn shit down and what have you, and that's why there's not like trees or something. But I wanted like an industrialized steampunk city. I don't know. I don't know if that's a thing in the... I mean, that's just my assumption. All right. Uh, Zhao, the guy that hates Zuko, lots of names here with disease, reports that he and his folks found some scrolls in the Great Library that many did not believe existed. Yes, he says that verbatim. Uh, He has discovered info as to where the ocean and moon spirits live. Now, I don't know what spirit the Dragon Lord wish guy was, but so we got some more spirits here. And if we can find them, we can bring down the northern water city, which is where our heroes are heading. So I like the brand synergy there. And uh, he's telling it to the emperor, by the way, Zuko's dad. Probably should have mentioned that. And the emperor's like, very good, Lord Zhao. Other rumors true. Yes, Lord Vader. No, it's, he's not the emperor. But uh, are the, he, he does want to know if the rumors that the Avatar is back are true. Uh, it's just a boy claiming to be the Avatar, but we should set a trap for this person. That's another direct line? We should set a trap for this person. And then he follows up with, We have many Earth Kingdom people under our control. I can leave soldiers hidden in certain locations. Very good. Now the Emperor wants to know about Zuko. You know, I heard Zuko had the boy but lost him. Uh, Zhao's like, well, you know, he had his chance. Emperor's like, let's hope for your sake. My son doesn't find this person first, and he turns out to be the Avatar. He would return as a hero, and for all purposes, be your superior. Well, it's a race then. It's so... It's like, they use 46 words when five suffice, and the other extra 40 some odd words are this different variations of the same word and in every scene they just talk about what happened in a previous scene it's like okay something happens right now let's wait three scenes and then that scene will be us talking about three scenes earlier and like it rinses it repeats and then the next scene after the third scene that repeats something that just happened we're doing the scene after the last third scene oh my god i'm going insane this movie sucks in the northern earth kingdom in what's known as Fire Nation Colony 15, uh, Prince Zuko and his uncle are hanging out, having some having some dinner. And the uncle's like, Zuko, look around you. There are lots of pretty girls here. Why don't you go get yourself fucked and live a little? Forget this Avatar shit. We can just live here, man. It's like Vegas. We're going to Vegas, baby. You're so muddy and you don't even know it, Zuko. Uh, Zuko's like, I'll tell you why we're not going to look at girls, because we have a job to do. Let, let's let see. I'll prove you my point, Uncle. And, and Basically, we're about to learn Zuko's origin, but we use a weird framing device. The prince summons a boy, and he's like, excuse me, boy, what do you know about Prince Zuko? So, the you know, Prince Zuko's trying to make a point to his uncle that, look, man, everybody thinks I'm a big piece and a fucking loser. That's why I can't quit. Zuko's origin is that 
before he was exiled, he questioned a general's orders. This general apparently was going to use Zo friends of Zuko's in a battle. And they, the troop they were in, I guess, was going to be the sacrifice made so you could win the greater battle. Because of this, which, which is such a lame thing. I guess it goes to show that Zuko was exiled for having a conscience. Uh, this, the way they play this shit, like I gotta imagine that he's probably gonna turn face by the third film in this trilogy that never got made. It's based on a TV show that did happen, so I'm sure I could look it up. Uh, Zuko was sentenced to an Agni Key, uh, which, despite how it sounds, I would imagine is not as fun as an actual key party. But maybe the uncle's doing that shit on the side. All right, Zuko. Well, I appreciate your origin, but now I'm going to a key party. All it is is a fight, by the way. It's a fight. And Zuko's opponent was his dad, the emperor. Zuko refused to fight. And then, you know, we pick up with a little boy who's telling Zuko the story. And he says, Then his father mocked him and said, I should bring your sister up here to beat you. And here's the fucking thing. The Emperor mocks Zuko by saying, Yeah, I need to get your little sister up here. She can whoop your ass. The sister walks into the frame, watching this whole thing happen, laughing. So she thinks she's a joke too? What the fuck? Like, seriously, if you really think about it, it doesn't make a goddamn bit of sense. Let's just say that she isn't. That she isn't... Oh, God. First first of all, the movie's like, oh, I should have a girl beach. That's fucking stupid. This is dumb. But at the same time, this girl's in on it. Like, she's like, yeah, I'm a stupid girl. Look at you. It just doesn't make any sense. Not one goddamn bit. Oh, and then Zuko's dad burned his face to teach him a lesson. But Death Patel doesn't look like he has burn makeup or scars or any fucking thing like that. Elsewhere in the Northern Earth Kingdom, we have found something the, the fucking little kid that plays Ung is good at. Because him and Katara are doing some waterbending exercises, and the entire time Ung looks confused and like he's doing a shitty job. And sure enough, the kid's great at looking confused and doing like he's acting like he's got a... Fuck, he's shitty. That's it. That's the whole goddamn point. But in the movie, he's not doing shitty. He's just conflicted or confused or a little bit uh, preoccupied with other shit because he's like guys look there's a northern air temple here I can be there and back in a day maybe I could re-enter the avatar spirit realm and talk to another dragon that could be a good idea Katara's like I don't think that's a good idea Soka says yeah we started a rebellion may I remind you of the rebellion montage where all we saw was Ong push a guy from a distance. Do you want to have the distance conversation again? So you're telling me what we didn't see was the rest of a rebellion rising? I don't believe anybody would follow this kid. This kid sucks donkey ass. Yes, it's a small child. He's the worst. He's awful. And I'm sure he got a lot of hate when he was a youngster and had a lot of hard time dealing with it and probably grew up to fucking, like, talk to his like he breeds cactuses they're like spirit cactuses like yeah i just have an online spirit cactus shop that's what happens to these people is it wrong i don't know i can't do anything about it uh ong then practices some water bending some more we get some awful water bending cgi because like the way the shot's framed he's in front of a river or some shit and the water is bending in front of him but the cgi is so flat it looks like it was all done on the same level of the image, like the same fucking 
oh, I forget what it's called. Layer, like, you know, because you build these shots in layers, layers of the, the CGI photo. It's like they're on the same layer of depth for some fucking reason. It's just dumb. It's just dumb. He flashbacks to his, his monk dad friend and when he accidentally sh- stepped on his skull, monkey toe or some shit. He stops waterbedding because he's causing a scene in the river, like it's all over the place. And he says, I can't do this. I need help. Ladies and gentlemen, a serious question, okay? You might question the validity of a script or be like, well, it's not that bad or, you know, it is what it is. Have you ever said, I can't do this, I need help out loud to yourself? All right, point illustrated. Have him just fucking go, ah! Like, scream. No, that's not me screaming, but, you know, he's doing the water bending pour. Have him, like, flick his hands, and, you know, all the water goes down, and he's like, ah! Like, show the frustration. Show that he doesn't believe in himself. Don't have him say out loud what he's supposed to be giving you with his performance. This, this script... I have never watched a film that wasn't like a Mystery Science Theater or Rift Tracks nonsense that stood out to me. So actually, I've seen Rift Tracks movies better written than this. The filming might be awful. The budget might be shoestring. The performances might be shit. But what the characters are supposed to be saying is not as bad as this fucking movie. It's awful. May God have mercy on its soul. Ung hops on his bison and does go to the northern air temple by himself. And I don't, I honestly, like, I don't understand what he's expecting to find here. Because, you know, the Fire Nation killed all the air nomads, so it is what it is. But when Ung arrives, God help us, the Keymaker is here. Now, I promised you, the actor that played the Keymaker, and he is one dude. He's like, oh my god, you're here! I know who you are! You're the Avatar! And, uh, he's a monk from the Earth Village nearby. He's like, oh, I come here every once in a while to hang out. Now, this place looks like it's a floating castle, like in that video game Rygar. Oh, God. You guys ever play that game Rygar? Oh, that floating castle, and this guy shaped like a lion freaks me the fuck out. Oh, my God, I'm going to have a panic attack. When I was a kid, and I climbed up the tower in Rygar and accidentally found that castle in the sky... I screamed. I think my mom thought that we were being invaded by the wet bandits or something. Like, it was it was bad. I was freaked the fuck out. It scares me. It still does to this day. I can't talk about it. I can't talk about it. But the keymaker is like, Avatar, you have returned. Hey, I've got an idea. Why don't I show you the secret room in the temple where I jerk off? And Aang's like, ooh, what's that? Anyway, they go to this room. It's to cheer up the Avatar. And it's a room full of statues of all the past Avatars and all their bodies. And that's kind of a cool concept. I'm like, oh, this is why he came to the Northern Air Temple, to get his mojo. I've lost my mojo, baby! You know, I promised myself a long time ago that if I ever did an Austin Powers impression, that would be the end of the show. Anywho, this Keymaker monk is like, well, you know, Avatar, I- I'm glad that you're happy now and we had this little pep talk, but uh, I'm afraid I've got some bad news. This dude, the Keymaker, is a plant for the Fire Nation because a bunch of Fire Nation soldiers arrive and basically are here to take control of the Avatar. The monk Keymaker, at least 
gives us a little bit of motivation before he disappears forever. He's like, Avatar, ever since you left, I've been living in poverty, so I'm sure you'll understand why I did this. Well, I took pause here, and I tried to understand the ramifications of this statement. This man lives in poverty because the Avatar is gone. I tried to think where the correlation is. The only rational explanation I could come to is that because the Fire Nation now controls most of the Earth Kingdom via colonies, okay, that he has for some reason been unable to run his family business or what have you. But then I tried to think, what could this guy's family business be that would be held in upheaval because the Fire Nation controls the Earth Kingdom? And I came to only one conclusion. This guy's family for generations has run some sort of avatar uh, swag business on the side of a quarter of a street somewhere where they're like, get your avatar t-shirts, avatar hats now. And every generation of the family is responsible for coming up with new designs for each new avatar as they're reincarnated. Avatar the water bottle, avatar the candy bar, avatar the flamethrower. The kids love this one. And don't forget the avatar doll. It even talks. My name is Ng. I am the avatar. Isn't it adorable? Mwah. But yeah, that's what the keymaker's pissed off about. His family business has been held in upheaval, and so now the Avatar is captured by the Fire Nation. These guys all work for Commander Zhao, by the way. And they take him to Commander Zhao's castle, and he's like, Well, 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 I have you, the Avatar. Don't worry, though. I'm not going to kill you. Because if I kill you, you'll just be reincarnated, and I'll have to look for you all over again. Which, God help me! God help me makes logical sense, and I totally get why they wouldn't just kill him right away. Because that's your problem in, in movies and any sort of fiction. It's like, well, you know, Snoke and Kylo Ren have Rey now. Why don't they just impale her and be done with it? You know, why don't they just end this thing here? And it's like, no, no, they need her. They want to turn her to the dark side. I can see your future, Rey. You will fuck Kylo Ren. It will be glorious. It will... That's just... I just wanted an excuse to do a Supreme Leader Snoke impression. It wasn't even that good. Will I cut it out, though? No! No, I won't. Um, Ong, though, is rescued by a masked man. Later known as the Blue Spirit. It's just a dude in some armor and can what best be described as one of Asuka's masks. Been in all this so many ways. That's Asuka's same song, by the way. Uh, they call this guy the Blue Spirit in the world of the Avatar. He's like a superhero. No, I'm just kidding. It's just a fucking dude that randomly shows up. We don't know anything about him. He's later called the Blue Spirit. And this dude helps Ung escape from the Firebenders. And what does this escape entail? A couple of action sequences. Mainly in a courtyard of the Fire Temple, where the Blue Spirit and Ung stand back to back, much like Rey and Kylo Ren, but the fight against the Praetorian Guard from The Last Jedi, this is not. This is one of the worst fucking fight scenes I've ever seen, because the the good guys are surrounded at all times by Fire Nation troops. Now, I know they can't kill the Avatar, but they can kill the Blue Spirit, and they just stand there and look at the Blue Spirit like... Like he's not like oh I just I can't kill this thing no attack attack. There's this horrible sequence where they get separated and Ung goes to this training ground. He's like oh this is where they trade. Oh you know what I've been saying they're in a fire temple. They're still in the air nomad temple. I think I don't know I don't care. But Ung's like this is where they train, and 
He airbends. And that's... I'm, I feel so bad that I ever said that I, I like the bending because this fight reveals how it just doesn't work. At least not if you're going to dig this deep into it or if you're going to do it in live action. Here's what I mean by this. Every fight in this universe has to be done in such a way that allows the combatants to do to input like 30 button combinations before they can do move. I mean, this is like, you know when you play Mortal Kombat against somebody for the first time and they're instantly frustrated like, I don't know, how'd you throw that fireball? How'd you throw that thing? This is stupid. That's what you have to do in the last Airbender Cinematic Universe. You have to enter like 30 different button combinations to do one move, okay? So all these fights have to be done at a distance. They look sloppy because that means one person has to sort of wait there and take it like a bitch. It just doesn't work. And Ung creates like this... He slides like all the doors of the trading center. He's like, ha-ha, you can't get me. Ha-ha, you can't get me. And the bad guys come in one at a time and Ung does his special moves. And it's just dumb. It's awful. It's stupid. The good guys get cornered. And the Fire Nation's like, well, you're cornered. And the Blue Spirit grabs Ung by the neck. And he's like, I'll kill this motherfucking kid. And of course, General Commander Zhao's like, well, we can't have you do that. So, all right, you're free to go. As they're leaving, this dude, this trooper of Commander Zhao's shoots an arrow. And I'll tell you what. If you thought Robin Hood, the Prince of Thieves, or the Green Arrow or Hawkeye, or Hawkeye Kate Bishop was some sort of a Marx person. Fuck me sideways. This dude takes the gold in every... This archer, he... Not only do the Blue Spirit and Ong run through a, like, tunnel of... Like a, like a bridge tunnel where they couldn't be hit by any projectile. This dude shoots an arrow from the top of the castle and times it just perfectly. That as soon as the Blue Spirit becomes visible for assault, it hits his mask and shatters a piece of it okay like this is the greatest shot in the history of anything fuck the airbender and the avatar i want this arrow guy arrow guy should unite the four nations i mean that's quite a feat it seems like a lot of people in this world can dance around and then move some shit but can they all shoot arrows like this i want this guy on my team anywho the blue spirit gets knocked on his ass ang or ong yeah i'll call him ong fuck ang Ung and him, like, go to a forest and take a nap. Ung takes his mask off. And, oh, my God, it's secretly Prince Zuko. Prince Zuko was the blue spirit. I'm assuming he wanted to liberate the Avatar from Commander Zhao so he could take him to his daddy. He's he's got daddy issues. You know the daddy. (laughs) I love airbenders! It's a gold member in the airbender universe for some reason. Uh, but Ong bails to fly back to Katara and Soka, and uh, uh, Zuko's just uh, passed out in the middle of the forest. I hope some fucking mountain men don't come across him. I'm going to show you how to really bend fire, boy. Ew, gross. Oh, and you know what, guys? I totally forgot to mention, probably because I was so hung up on Hawkeye, the archer... And you know the the crazy sex antics, uh, deliverance style, potentially, allegedly here with uh, Zuko, that uh, when Ung was tied up in the, uh, you know, when he was captured by the Fire Nation just a second ago, he did accidentally trip balls again and talk to the dragon spirit. And the dragon's like, oh, Ung, you need to protect the spirits in the northern water kingdom, you do, Ung. Oh, Ung, Yoda I am now. Hmm? <laughs> Read them, did you? 
Good the page turners were they? <laughs> now I'm gonna hit with my stick. Here's my stick. My stick. My stick. My stick is better than bacon. Her, 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 her. Don't you want my stick? But it's just a stick. Her, 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 her. Don't you want my stick? But it's just a stick. I kind of love that, so I'm sorry. I just, you know, I just watched it the other day, actually, because I've been, I'm, I'm, I'm really gonna rewatch the Last Jedi soon, because uh, I just watched Knives Out and Glass Onion by Ryan Johnson, and I've got this theory where every Ryan Johnson movie that I've ever seen, I'm missing two from his filmography. I'm not like obsessed or anything. I just looked it up, and I was like, oh, I've, I've seen all his movies, but two, like every Ryan Johnson movie. Halfway through, or maybe a little bit later at some point, you realize that the movie you were watching is not actually the story that's being told by the movie. Now, the movie hasn't tricked you, and the movie has given you good story elements. It's just that you don't realize until... And it's not a twist. It's not like a twist, like a Shyamalan twist. See, this is relevant in a M. Night Shyamalan discussion. It's not a twist, per se. It's just that... Oh, by the way, all the shit that we've done in the movie is actually leading us to the point of the movie. and But in a good way. Looper does this. Because Looper ain't about Joseph Gordon-Levitt and Bruce Willis. Spoiler alert if you haven't seen Looper. Looper is about the fucking world's first superhero that's about to happen. And will he be Superman or Super Dark Side? Okay, that's what Looper is about. The Last Jedi, you think, is really going to be about one thing, but it's about another. It's actually interesting. I have this theory about The Last Jedi that... The Last Jedi was intended as a whole to be the, like, boom, shatter point in the Star Wars films. Like, Ryan Johnson's The Last Jedi takes Star Wars tropes and tosses it on its head so much that it's like you're watching one through seven and then Ryan Johnson's entire movie works as a Ryan Johnson movie does normally. You thought Star Wars is about this, but now we're going to go in this direction. It's about this. And it was a good thing. But then they chickened out and listened to the fucking angry right who was like, I don't know, why? how come a girl can do flips? And shit like that. And they totally backed up on it. But The Last Jedi is so interesting because it works as a Ryan Johnson movie that's really about something else and you don't realize it halfway through in the context of the film but also in the context of the greater Star Wars series. I'm sorry, is this thing on? Is anybody still here? Is, is anybody that's listening to the last Airbender podcast still here? Does anybody want to talk about Star Wars instead? All right, fine. So Zhao apologizes to the Fire Lord. He's like, dude, I'm sorry, the fucking blue spirit, man. Well, who is the blue spirit? Well, I can't prove it, but I think it's your son. And then some classic M. Night moments. You think my son is the person the soldiers are calling the blue spirit? There's a pause. A lengthy pause. A pause that makes no narrative sense and really overstays its welcome. It's like eight seconds. And Zhao says, yes! We smash cut to uh, Zuko returning from the fucking the wilderness of West Virginia to see Uncle Iro back in that fire colony where they originally were. Uncle Iro, who I've just decided because I enjoyed doing the Yoda impression so much, will now be uh, portrayed by the voice that I used for the crazy grandpa in Three Ninjas High Noon at Mega Mountain. So, Uncle Hero's like, Hey, Zuko, where you been, man? Some dudes were looking for you. Well, you know what, Uncle? Maybe I was with a girl. 
but for some reason my ass kinda hurts. Oh no, Zuko! Did you fall asleep in the woods, man? Yes, Uncle, I did. Oh! Oh, okay! Why? Oh, no reason! No reason, man, don't worry about it. Why don't you go take a nap? And as Zuko walks past the uncle to go take his nap in his boat, there's an amazing reveal because the camera pans slightly, and we see that during this entire conversation, which is a lot more serious than the actual movie, Uncle Iro was getting a fucking foot massage or a pedicure or something done to his feet by a lady. So this movie, even though it's critically panned, absolutely made Quentin Tarantino's like top five films of 2010 for this scene along. Okay. Now, as Zuko walks to his boat, the Emperor and Zhao are still talking in voiceover for some reason. Leave my son to his isolation. And Zhao's like, sure, bro. I won't, uh, I won't harm him at all. Then Zuko takes a nap, and the part of the boat blows up where Zuko was, and he's dead. Or is he? The conversation between the Fire Lord and Zhao continues, as we now see the heroes that we've been following arrive at the Northern Water Kingdom. So again, like all this is narrated, even though the narration stops for a long time, so Iro and uh, fucking Zuko can talk, but now we're back to narrating. And I'll say this. Like, we get some better visuals because Ong and everybody swimming on the bison, the bison swimming, and the Northern Water Kingdom is like this giant glacier where a giant, like, Christmas town is inside. We'll, we'll get to that, I'm just saying. Like, it's a, it's a decent visual it, compared to what we've been seeing. Keep that in check. But the narrator, the narration returns. Because remember, remember when Katara was narrating this film? God, it just doesn't make any fucking sense. Anyway, we get some really bad dialogue. Like, really bad dialogue. Now, it's not a... The guy that plays Zhao is fine. Like, he just has to say this shit, okay? It has been confirmed that he is traveling north. It is my strong belief that he is traveling to the Northern Water Tribe. I believe the child Avatar has only knowledge of his birth element, air. I believe he is trying to learn in the discipline of water. He's gone to seek out someone in the Northern Water Tribe, where they have lived beyond our reach and openly practice waterbending. Oh, God! Why? Also, I should point out that even though I, I did say nice things about the production design, I bet that came from the show and not M. Night Shyamalan. As they arrive in the city, there's like a giant wall of ice that gets turned into water by a bunch of waterbenders who are all dancing in the courtyard as we arrive, and then it reforms into ice to sort of make the barrier. Sort of like Wakanda has, in a way. And Katara's voiceover returns! So, they go to meet the royal family. Remember, the, the princess whose father has died, and that's why she's in control. Um... And it should be this, like, big moment where they're like, why have you come to our kingdom? Like, who are you? And, and, and you know, what have you, if this was a movie. But it's not a movie. So Katara narrates, We met with the royal family. My brother and the princess became friends right away. And sure enough, the camera zooms in on this princess, Yue is her name, and Ahsoka, and they're just eye-fucking the shit out of each other. She's like... Ung showed them that he was the last airbender. Everybody in the theater is like, they said the name of the movie! He does a demonstration of his airbending for the Quiet Council, and uh, I counted this kid has to do 18 movements before he can make a little air tornado. 18 movements! In the heat of battle, you got time to make 18 different movements. 
But because he is the last airbender, making him the avatar, he gets accepted to Waterbender University, so that's nice. And they do this even though, according to Katara's narration, the city knew our arrival would bring great danger, and they prepared for war they knew would come in the ensuing weeks. We then head to a commercial. No, I didn't just forget that I was reviewing a movie and not a wrestling show. The movie fades completely to black. Completely to black and takes about a four-second break. We resume, and uh, we're at Waterbender University. No, we're at a a war meeting. We're at the Quiet Council meeting of the Northern Water Tribe. We meet a new character here. His name is Paku. He looks like Kevin Klein, but he's not. And, uh... The Princess Yue, I should mention, also has, like, really long, like, white hair. She kind of looks like Daenerys in a way, but not Daenerys. Uh, you know, they're, they're saying, like, oh, you know, we could win the war unless the Fire Nation gets inside. Yeah, yeah, that's what he says. You know, we could win this war as long as the Fire Nation doesn't get inside the city. That's not really a war then, man. That's you, like, making sure their boats don't get inside. Oh, Jesus Christ. Uh, and because there's great danger, Princess Yue needs a guardian. Soka volunteers, and Kevin Klein's like, Well, of course you do, you little fucking horny bastard. Um, and, and that's one of the problems with adapting like a television show into a movie like this. Because when we fade to black and resume up, I think the movie does it because it's supposed to be like three weeks later. Because somebody at one point is like, We've been here for three weeks or so. I don't know, but... The thing is, is that I'm sure that there's, like, at least three or four episodes where Soka and Princess Yue, like, I don't know, maybe they don't get along and then they start to fall. I, I don't know. Maybe they do. Maybe they don't. Maybe it's just as stupid in the kids' show. But I have to believe that when you have a TV show, you at least can devote a couple of episodes to them, like, falling in love. Here in the movie, you can't. The movie's just got no fucking time for it. I don't have any time for it, so whatever. I don't want to see it. But, uh... It stands out in a movie. Back in the Fire Kingdom, the Emperor is now again talking to Zhao still. And he's like, you know what, Zhao? You you did all that research in the secret library. You found out the moon and the ocean spirits are the northern water kingdom. They power the water tribe. They give them their water power. So why don't you go take them out of the equation, and then you'll win this war easily. Now, I don't know shit about the airbender world, okay? But I have played a lot of fucking Final Fantasy, specifically Final Fantasy XIII, where there are, like, spirit gods that power the cocoon city. Like, there's one named Phoenix that's the sun. And if you kill Phoenix, there ain't no more sun. So if you're going to go kill the moon and ocean spirits, you think that might fuck up your ability to travel in the water and, you know, for your world to survive? But hey, you'll win this tiny battle. I mean, look... I'm not anti-Fire Kingdom, okay? This isn't is a crazy anti-Fire Kingdom conspiracy that Johnny sees given. No, it just seems like a bad fucking plan. I mean, you're the Fire Kingdom. Their world is hidden by a glacier. Just light a couple candles, get some benders on the dock of the boat, or the decks of the boats, and just fire bend the glacier till it melts. I mean, we're going to see in a second that Prince Suko can actually use his chi to make fire out of nothing. Spoiler alert for a few minutes into the podcast. Well, shit, just burn it to the... Just burn it down, as Becky Lynch's husband would say, okay? Christ almighty. <sighs> it's at this moment, though. Uh, so I am. I guess I am grateful for this moment in the film because Zhao has to stare at the camera blankly like, you really want me to do this, man? And it's 
it's finally here that I remembered or realized who plays Prince the uh, Prince uh, General Zhao. It'd been bugging me for a while. He's the guy that fires Tobey Maguire from the pizza place in Spider-Man 2, Mr. Aziz. Parker, you're always late, man. You know, when people order from our pizza place, we make a pizza promise to them. And you're breaking it, man. You're fired. Man, I wish, I hope to live so, I hope to become so close with someone someday that we can make a pizza promise. Because I think that'd mean a lot to me as a fat guy who eats a lot of pizza. But, yeah, man, send the army. Let's go kill some fucking uh, ancient spirits and fuck up our planet. Back at the Water Tribe City, we're in water bending class, and we learned that water uses, you have to use your emotion to bend water. You gotta let all your emotion out. So, Ung and Kevin Klein do some water bending sparring. There was some awful water bending effects, not to mention this guy who's Kevin Klein. This, uh, let me scroll up, Paku. Like, nothing against the guy. He's just, I guess he's not used to act- acting with CGI, and he's not used to doing. Uh, you know, these waterbending dances, and it, it, it just doesn't sync up with his movements at all. And uh, Ung forms some water spheres, but every time he tries to waterbend, like, all the water around him sort of gets out of control and, like, starts to bubble and shit. So I guess he's too emotional, which is news to me, because this kid's never given me any emotion. I mean, he's tried to uh, project emotion in his acting, but he's the worst actor I've ever fucking seen. So the water should be just fine. Uh, on the fire ships that are invading, the, the you know, they're getting closer to the kingdom. General Zhao invited Uncle Iro to ride on his boat with him. Now that Zuko's dead and he ain't got nothing to do. He's like, hey man, I'm sorry your nephew's dead. I know you two had a pizza promise that meant a lot to you. <laughs> And also, uh, do you remember that one time you led that big battle uh, uh, and your kid died? And, and the battle, didn't you didn't win it. So sorry, man. Who? Oh, is that why you and Zuko formed a pizza promise? Because your kid... Did you have a pizza promise with your son? Oh, I'm so sorry. Uh, I, uh, Uncle Iro goes to the bottom of the ship, like in the boiler room. And uh, Prince Zuko's just down there chilling in a Fire Nation uniform. And it's, the uncle's like, well, it was definitely Zhao that set up the set up, up the bomb. <laughs> hey, Zuko, General Zhao set us up the bomb. Soon all his base will belong to us. Oh, my God, I haven't thought of that in years. And I, I just did because I accidentally said set us up the bomb. That's glorious, glorious, glorious. Anywho, uh, Zuko's alive, uh, but since Zhao knows about the bomb that supposedly killed him, he's obviously guilty. Back in the Water Kingdom, Soka and the Princess, they go to make out point. They share some pretty awful dialogue. I'll visit you in the nor- in the Southern Water Tribe someday. Well, if you come to the Southern Water Tribe, I'm sure my grandmother will have many questions about your white hair. Ha 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 And then Princess Yue gets all serious and she's like, well, guess what, asshole? I was stillborn. Yep. I'm standing here talking to you right now, but I was a stillborn child. And my dad prayed to the moon spirit, and then he dipped me in some sacred water. All my hair turned white, and I and I, and I came back to life. So, fuck you, asshole. He's like, whoa, but you never told me about that. She pulls the classic, you didn't ask me. And if Soka's anything like me, there's no need to ask. We can just tell you're wearing a wig. Or, you know, you're wearing extensions or something. Your hair, that's not natural, baby. And it's true, it's not natural. The moon god gave it to her. Katara 
and Ung are standing in, you know, the middle of Northern Water Kingdom City, practicing their Kamehameha's. They're doing water-bending movements together, but the movie tries to do this as like a beautiful dance moment. The music's like, ha 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 ha, air-bending, water-bending, ha 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 ha. And there's like ice and snow falling, but they're totally out of sync with their movements. Nobody wanted to take two. Hey, this is Uncle Iro, director M. Night Shyamalan. You're already on take 37, man. Just take what you've got. These kids aren't going to make it. It tries to be a cool moment in filmmaking, but it just looks awful. And is nobody cold here in the Northern Water Kingdom? I mean, I know that Soka and... Well, I guess most people are used to living around the ice, but the airbender ain't, man. And he's he's just wearing a, 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 like a very thin gi. He's got to be cold. Oh, what happens next? Oh, okay. I'll give the movie a little bit of something here. As they finish their ice dance, like the snow and ice that's been falling sort of turns to ash. And you realize it's because, you know, the Fire Nation ships are nearby and they're always stoking the fires and piling smoke. Uh, so, I don't know. It's nice. Like the, the people that live in the Northern Water Tribe City, because they're protected by this glacier and the water, the Fire Kingdom has never penetrated there. Like, they don't even know what this is. They're like, what is this? And it's like, oh, man, these people are about to get a fucking wake-up call. You know, it's it's maybe the most... It's my, probably the best use of directing I've seen so far in this entire thing, so I guess it was worth talking about. Prince Zuko dresses up like Storm Shadow. He's wearing, like, a white ninja suit, and he sneaks into the city, but he gets caught under the ice. And, you know, before he got on the boat, Uncle Iro's like, hey, man, I'm going to miss you, but don't forget you can use your chi, man. And Zuko uses his chi to burn a hole in the ice, and now he's in. Soka is like, Princess Yue, Ung needs to ask you a question, because they're all back together. And Ung's like, if I can talk to the dragon spirit, I may defeat the Fire Nation. Is there a spiritual place where I can meditate? Some more classic M. Night dialogue? There was a very spiritual place. This city was built around that place. The spiritual place, by the way, is a cave that's got some fish statues at the entrance. And inside there's some trees and a couple of hot springs. Ong is like, when people have to get their airbending tattoos, they are only allowed to get them if they meditate without losing their focus. And some can even meditate for four days. Well, thank you, Ong, but is that information really relevant now? Just meditate! Ahsoka, uh, Ahsoka, I said it again. Ahsoka and the Princess Yue bail. And then, unfortunately, the movie does explain why Ung just explained out of nowhere about how you have to focus in meditation and not lose your focus to get your airbender tattoos. Because he's about to meditate, and he, he, you know, it's like he's taking an... It's like he took some Valium, because some serious shit's going to erupt around him here in two seconds, and he's just going to stay asleep. So, again, Ung gets the good shit to talk to the spirit world, and now he's on some great fucking Valium. Ung, who's your pharmacist? What's their number? And even though he's meditating, completely out of it, absolutely zoned out, Katara's like, Ung, Ung, can you hear me? I knew you were real. I always knew you'd return. Me too, a voice penetrates, and oh my goodness, it's Prince Zuko. You're the Fire Lord's son. You took him from our village, remember, in the beginning. That's right, way to go, Katara. Thanks for your... Hooking us all up, you know, in case we forgot. Zuko makes his own little line of fire, and it's another bend-off. Fire versus water. Now, Katara has gotten a lot better, but Zuko, you know, he, he keeps penetrating and bringing the, bringing the burn, if you will. 
There's a stalemate, and he's like, who are you? For some reason, Katara reveals her identity. Like, I, I guess there's no reason to hide it, but she's like, I am Katara. I am the only waterbender left in the Southern Water Tribe. I'm telling you this in case you need to have this information in the sequel. Zuko goes two. He gets one fire to the left, one fire to the right. Katara can't stop them both, so she's down for the count. Back in Water City, the people are ringing the bell like, It's an invasion! It's an invasion! And it just makes the mistake of reminding me of Andor, which is so much better. Because it did that in Andor, too. Zuko goes up to Katara, who's now unconscious. Thank God he just talks to her. I didn't know what he was going for. He's like, I can't go home without him. I need the Avatar. Now, fans, I I don't I don't know. I just don't know. The Kevin Klein waterbender guy, the, the teacher at Water University, is leading the charge with the troops. They're they're sort of ready to watch as this invasion happens. You see this in all these movies that have giant armies that run at each other, okay? All the firebenders are about to come, you know, attack the wall. And all the waterbender good guys are up on the wall watching. And they, you know, they all have, like, spears and shit, and he's the general. The camera starts going through them one at a time. When it gets to Kevin Klein, he coos. He goes, coo-hoo-hoo-hoo-hoo. And everybody starts banging their spears, like, spear, spear, coo, spear. I mean, who who decided it was time to coo, all right? They're, the Battle of Helm's Deep, this is not, all right? But in the Firebender boats, Uncle Iro's like, Hey, man, you know, nighttime's coming pretty soon. The moon's going to be out in full force. Maybe we should take a nap or something. Uh, the uh, the General Jag's like, you know, uh, I have a secret. I have to confess, in the secret library, I found where the moon spirit lives. And Uncle Iro's like, oh, man, that sounds fucking sweet. I'd love to meet the spirit. Which thing's like, yeah, me too. The Fire Kingdom attacks with dudes riding fire lizards. I would have liked to see that earlier, but whatever. They also have, I don't know what to call them, I guess drill troopers. Because in the, the water city, you know, they walk on ice, basically. And these drills start to burst through and, like, a fire trooper pops out with each individual drill. I don't know, it's not bad. They also shoot massive balls of fire. Massively great balls of fire, I probably should have said, uh, over the wall. So these drill troopers have fire that they can bend, you know. I mean, this war is bring your own fire, and that's okay, you know. Uh, Soka and the princess show back up in the the hidden cave. Like, where did they go? Soka was adamant, we gotta get out of here. But where? Why? Why are they back? Katara's like, he took Ung. Yes, it is true, because we cut to Zuko with Ung. Zuko's in, like, a tower, and Ung is just sitting in a chair, still... Med- it looks like he's passed out drunk, but he's still meditating, all right? Like, Ung took the good shit. He can meditate with the best of them. But what I love about this is it puts this vision in my head of Zuko, like, having to run through the war, carrying Ung, like, ah, ah, which way do I go? Which way do I go? And the kid's asleep, and he's getting heavier with every step, and Zuko's like, ah. Uh, Ung, though, is in the spirit world. He finds his dragon. He's like, how do I beat the Fire Nation? The dragon... See, the dragon pisses me off here because I thought at first he was getting hardcore with Ung because he's like, 
you know, you aren't... Because the dragon should probably sound like Otto's Prime. You know, you aren't dealing with the death of your people and your responsibility in their deaths. I was like, yeah, take him to task, dude. Be like, if you didn't leave the air nomads like a bitch, they'd still be alive and you'd be the avatar. But no. The dragon tells him to grieve. And I, the, I know the avatar's not meant to hurt other people. It was an accident. You just need to let your emotions out. Go. Do this. Come on. Really. Attack them with the ocean. Go. And so... Ong wakes up with the mission to use the ocean. I mean, that's the great... I mean, look, it's sound advice, but you couldn't have come up with that on your uh, on your own. I mean, the boats are all in water. This, these people bend water. Why don't they just have all the benders be like, you're up on the wall where they're cuckooing? Just like raise your hands in the air and have the ocean rise up and just flip the boats. You know, we're all getting laid by eight. I wasn't alone. I never knew what good water bending could do. Then we touched and we bent. The Fire Nation died. All right, all night, we won the fight. I say, any way you bend it, that's the way you need it. Any way you bend it. Oh, yeah. But Ong wakes up, okay? And, and he wakes up just at the right time because Zuko while Ong was passed out, was using him as his personal fucking shrink, and he wasn't paying a copay, because he's just staring out into space, talking to the sleepy boy. He's like, you know, my dad doesn't even look at me sometimes when we do it, and he thinks my sister's the best, because she's a firebending prodigy, and everybody hates me, and they say I smell like onions. Ong wakes up, and his he's still tied up, but he still does a shit ton of backflips, it's his. It's a goddamn stunt dummy, is what it looks like. The firebenders breach the ice wall, and they all start to break into the city. Kevin Klein gets a decent action moment, uh, bending water into like a fist and attacking a bunch of people in slow motion and zoom in and zoom out. It's not great, but it's probably the best bending we've had thus far. Uncle Iro is adamant at this point because it's getting so close to nighttime, man. I mean, hey, I know we're winning, but man, when that moon wakes up, it's it's all going to go down here really fast. Zhao's like, well, about all that, you see, the Fire Emperor and I made a pizza promise that we would kill the moon spirit. And Iro is so pissed because he's a God-fearing man, you know. But back in the pot room, Zuko and Ung continue their battle in a unique way. And I call it the pot room because there's all these giant pots full of water in this tower where they're fighting, okay? Zuko's looking around, and he tu- he turns his back to the camera, and we see Ung has been behind him the entire time like Bugs Bunny and Elber Fudd. It's ridiculous. Finally, they start a real fight. And, and, you know, I'll give the little kid a little credit. You can clearly see at this point why he got the role because I guess he's like a, a TKD or Taekwondo master or whatever and uh the kid the kids got moves like jagger back in 2010 was that that long ago i don't know what i don't care um but that's the only reason why this fight ends with ung having uh, zuko in the gogo plata submission hold but we cut back to the city and katara's like where's ung she sees she sees some fire in a tower and she's like that must be where ung's fighting zuko and there's a stalemate back in the pot room. Nobody can get the upper hand. All of a sudden, Zuko's completely frozen with all the pot water, and it's Katara. 
You know, she just, they, they froze him. Ung's like, the dragon told me what to do. And Katara says, Ung, we have to go. Well, I mean, Ung kind of just, I don't fucking get, I'm done with the dialogue. I'm done with it. We all get it at this point. Everybody leaves. Ung follows. But right before he gets out of this pot room, he unfreezes Zuko's face. So comically, Death Patel's like now standing with everything but his head frozen. He's like a floating CGI body or head, head without a body. And Ung just is like, we could be friends, you know. And then leaves. Oh my god. This this fucking movie. And folks, I promise you, I promise you we're almost done. Zhao and Uncle Iro arrive in the waterbending city. Zhao's like, this scroll from the hidden library is our map. The world is about to change. Although Zhao hasn't unrolled the map, he's totally not using it as a map. I guess he just knows where to go, hmm? Ung sees that everything is, uh, you know, kind of going to shit. He's like, follow the battle. Or, I will follow the battle. You follow... Th- ah, God damn it! I will join the battle. You follow them. He does fo- uh, join the battle. He drops it from the sky like a goddamn idiot. Prince Zuko unfreezes himself. Zhao and Iro arrive in the secret lake cave area. And it turns out, folks, that the ocean and the moon spirits are just the two fish that have been swimming around in this little pond. Zhao is like, well, you know, I did make a pizza promise with you that I would introduce you to some spirits, Uncle Iro, and here they are. They're called many names, Yin and Yang, Push and Pull. May I introduce you to the mysterious ocean and moon spirits? He pulls a bag out of his pocket, and he instantly catches the moon spirit fish in a bag. No way. No fucking way. Have you ever tried to net a fish so you could put it somewhere and clean the tank. It's not fucking happening like this. And this is like a sentient spirit fish. This is like a Jesus fish superstar, okay? This fish is instantly bagged. What a bitch. And even even Zhao's like, you know, why are spirits so wimpy? Why do they take these puny forms? Uncle Iro's like, nah, so they can teach us humility. <laughs> Wait, what are you what are you doing with what are you doing with the fish in the bag? No, don't you do it! Don't you do it, Jow. The world will change. So Uncle Iro is out of it. Like, no, put the fish back. But he does nothing. Nothing to stop this. Soka Katara and Princess Yue all arrive in the cave at the last moment. Zhao has a goddamn fishing spear sword. And he says, we are the gods now. And he stabs a fish in a bag in a $150 million blockbuster. The skies turn red. Like it's a DC Comics crisis. And waterbending stops working completely. Well, you killed the fucking moon, man. Princess uh, Yue falls down and passes out. Zhao is like, well, look at that, Uncle Iro. You're a bitch. This pizza promise is broken. Uncle Iro unleashes complete hellfire from his chi. He makes giant fire whips. All the fucking troops in the fire nation are like, oh my god, he made his own fire. Let's get out of here. Zhao... Puts his hands up, like, oh, don't burn me. And then just runs away, and Uncle Iro lets him. He lets them. Ung is uh, captivated by the battle in front of him. He starts to to think in slow motion, and, and he hears the dragon. He's like, Avatar, can you hear me? It's Optimus Dragon. Show them the way of water, Avatar. Wait, can I say that? Let, let me check with legal. Hello, yes, I'm... Yes, I'm the, I'm the dragon god. Do you, can I speak to someone in the legal department? 
Yes, I'll hold. Avatar, are they still fighting in slow motion? Very good. Hello, yes, this is the Dragon Lord. Yes, a 2828. Uh huh. Yes, 21422. Very good, yes. So I, I was wondering, I'm speaking to the Avatar, and I need to tell him to use the way of water. No, I didn't, I said, use the way of water, Avatar. I didn't say it with Avatar coming first. Okay, thank you. Ung, I checked with the legal department. Show them the way of water, Avatar. Go ahead and do it. And so, uh, Ung uh, makes his way towards the wall where the cuckooing happened. But meanwhile, back in the water cave, okay, the princess is up, but she's super sad. Uncle Iro takes one look at her, and he's like, Hey, pretty lady, <laughs> you've been touched by the moon spirit, so there's a chance we can resurrect it. All you got to do is give up your life for the fish. Now, I'm not sure this is such an easy decision to make, but Uncle Eero's very nonchalant about it. He's like, look, lady, that reason each of us are born. We have to find those reasons. Soka's a baby, like, no, wait, you can't die. I was so close to losing my virginity. The M. Night Shyamalan dialogue returns as Princess Yue says with a straight face, it is time to show the Fire Nation that we believe in our beliefs as much as they believe in theirs. But Yue, no! I'm I'm scared, Soka. Don't make me any more scared. They shared their last kiss or their first kiss. Who knows? It's a PG movie. She floats in the water. <laughs> All of the white in her hair turns into a magic light and goes into the fish. I guess she was a brunette after all. All the DC Comics red skies disappear. The battle completely stops. So it's because everybody watches the moon like reform. General Zhao's like, oh shit, this is going to be bad. And in a great moment, like, it's very quiet, it's very still, everyone's sort of in awe. Some random dude from the Water Kingdom tackles a Fire Nation soldier and the battle just resumes? That was pretty funny. Zuko finds General Zhao on a bridge. They're about to fight and have a cool climactic confrontation, but Uncle Iro calls him off. They walk away. Zhao... Fire bends at them. I mean, did you think this wasn't going to happen when you turned your back? Uncle Iro makes the save, and they just leave and walk away. Zhao immediately turns around and sees four waterbenders behind him on the bridge. Looks like we're finally going to get a sweet battle, but nope. The four waterbenders just pull some water out of a lake. They, they surround General Zhao in a bubble. And I will say this. This dude drowns in a giant bubble floating in the sky in this PG Kids movie. Not bad. Not bad at all. Uh, the waterbenders, after uh, Zhao dies, they just drop the bubble and his corpse falls to the bridge. Not bad. Not bad. Back in the battle, M. Night Shyamalan thinks he's Zack Snyder because Ung slides across the battle and we zoom in on him and then we zoom out. And I will say... He's much like Mortal Kombat characters Fujin and Sub-Zero here because he slides through the battle, freezing people and blowing them away with wind. It's it's not bad, but it is way too little, way too late. He finally gets to the cooing wall, 
He forgives himself for killing all of the air nomads via the power of flashback. He sees himself picking the four toys and the ceremony where all the air nomads bowed to the avatar, and he was supposed to bow back and ran away. Back in the present, he decides to water dance and show them the way of water. He enters avatar mode. He creates a giant fucking tidal wave. He doesn't capsize the Fire Nation like I suggested. He just pushes them back a little bit like, hey... I'm going to drop this thing if you don't skedaddle. The Fire Nation makes their choice to retreat. Katara gives Ung a big hug. In the fucking center of town, the Water Tribe starts a celebration. They look like the Tusken Raiders because they all got their spears up and down in the air. All you're missing is the... Everybody bows to the Avatar. Fire Nation and Water Nation because there's some fire troops left. But will Ung bow back? Has he grown on this journey? They want you to be their avatar, Ung, says Katara. Soka joins the bow. Katara joins the bow. Ung makes his decision. He does a little shimmy. And he bows! The music peaks! We fade to black! It's off! No! One scene left. In the capital of the Fire Nation, the Emperor is talking to someone. He's like, my son and brother are traitors? and we've lost the initiative against the Northern Water Kingdom. However, in three years, Sozin's Comet will return, and when this happens, all firebenders will get a massive power-up. On that day, we will win the war. You must stop the Avatar from mastering Earth and Fire, and give us the time we need to win. Do you accept this mission? The camera spins, and he was talking to Zuko's sister, the girl that thinks she's a loser. She smiles, accepts the mission, Written, produced, and directed by M. Night Shyamalan. He was too stupid to spread around the blame. What's going to happen in The Last Airbender, book two, Earth? Absolutely nothing! Because a movie will not get made. Is this movie junk? Yes! It's the worst movie I've ever seen. It's bad. The script is awful. Everyone involved should fucking punch themselves at least one more time for letting this happen. I'm, I can't talk about it anymore, guys. It's bad. You want to talk about it, talks amongst yourselves. Follow the uh, the new TNN podcast feed and uh, get notified when new content drops. I can't do this anymore. But we will. We'll be back. But this movie is done. This discussion is tabled. No more Last Airbender. I will say, though, some of the shit made me think that, you know, if somebody does this right, it could be good. So I will be checking out the Amazon Prime series when it comes out someday, or maybe even actually watch the cartoon. I don't know. Like, there's there's decent stuff here, but I don't know. I don't know if I can do this. I'm Johnny C. A winner is you. And no one is the Avatar. Listen, son. Got you in your head with my stick. With my stick. My stick, my stick